Hey there, friends. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to invite you to our next Collaboration Zone Zoom party. This is a free Zoom chat get together with all of my entrepreneur friends in the Rise and Recovery Network, where we can share mind and business growth tips, strategies, and you get to network with other entrepreneurs of all experience levels. So if you want to level up your business and get connected, book your spot today. Head on over to www. The road forward slash collaboration zone. When we recover, we are returning to a normal state of health, mind, or strength. We begin the process of regaining control over something that was lost. Welcome to the Road Beyond Recovery podcast, and my name is Tamar, your host. Have you ever felt like you were meant for more? Well, I help people discover their purpose so they can follow their passion and realize what they are truly capable of. My mission is to empower people in recovery to embrace their authentic selves, live up to their true potential, and answer the question, what lies beyond recovery for you? Hey everyone, how's it going? Tamara here, your host of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. We are going to be chatting about neuroplasticity today. This is the last episode of our mini series for Tamara and Lindsay Go Neuro. And this has been a lot of fun. Uh, Lindsay and I have been talking about continuing to do more episodes, which we will actually have a separate space for that moving forward. We just thought, you know, this is super applicable to any entrepreneurs or leaders who really want to learn how to master their mind and grow their business and create a better culture. So that's why we decided to launch this on this show. And, you know, you can take all the actionable items that we go over in this and start to make progress towards changing your mindset. But before we get into today's call, I just want to let you know that if you are someone who is an entrepreneur and you're looking for some ideas, maybe you want to define your niche a little bit more, maybe you need a little bit more clarity on how you can help focus your mind in the right direction, I do offer free 30-minute business audit sessions. If you head on over to the show notes, you can register for one there. And if you're someone maybe who's thinking about becoming an entrepreneur, maybe you had that same feeling you know, that I did in early recovery where you knew you were meant for more, you just did not know what that more is. For you, I offer a free 30-minute discovery call where we can kind of go over your purpose the, you know, try and really kind of brainstorm on what is your passion? You know, what are things that you could be doing to get closer to the life that you would prefer? So head on over to the show notes. You can click on the links there and book your free sessions today. In today's episode, Lindsay and I chat about neuroplasticity, which if you're asking me, what the heck is neuroplasticity? It really just refers to the brain's ability to learn and adapt. That means, remember that saying, you can't teach an old dog new tricks? Well, that is absolutely not true. You can actually teach an old dog new tricks. Just like for us, the brain we are born with is not the brain that we die with. Of course, it's harder to change the older you get because we're so stuck in our ways, our habits, but 
The fact is that when you learn, you try new things, you experience new things, your brain will adapt and grow. And, you know, something that I found very fascinating is I find that when I'm learning something new, there are times where maybe it's a little difficult and I get a little frustrated. So when you find yourself in that time where you're a little frustrated or you're stumped, that is actually your brain's way of saying, hey, it is learning something new. It is growing. So that's just some food for thought. So um, why is it important to know this? Because we can change, right? That's a good thing. If you've ever sat there thinking, you know, and this goes back to our beliefs. So if you have not listened to these episodes, um, go back into the archives the last few weeks. We, you know, basically lead up to this very moment. But we can change, right? If you've sat there thinking, well, I am the way I am, I can't change. That is not a true statement. It is your choice whether or not you choose to change. And so we talk about what is neuroplasticity, um, what are some tricks that you can use to help grow or develop your brain. Also, we talk about in our actionable steps section, seeds, which is sleep, exercise, education, diet, stress. You know, what are some things that you could do each and every day to improve those areas that will actually help with neuroplasticity and then Lindsay gets into deliberate practice which is something that as we go through the neurochange method when you start learning this is key to actually achieving your goals right it's not enough just to set a goal and to go after it when you actually use deliberate practice and we'll get into that you can actually, it's a more effective and efficient way of achieving your goals. So I hope you enjoy this episode. Mm-hmm. Something big is about to happen because we are on the last discussion, not the last show, but the last discussion from the modules of the NeuroChange Method. And today we're going to be talking about neuroplasticity. Yeah. And I am proud to admit that I've always kept it very simple in my language. And so when I learned the word neuroplasticity, first neuroplasticity, first of all, I was very excited, like very, very excited. And it really, it literally refers to the brain's ability to adapt and learn. And this means, guess what, guys, you can actually teach an old dog new tricks, right? The only thing is when you get older, obviously there, it takes a little bit longer and this is important to know because it, it it allows us to realize we can change. Mm-hmm. 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 We can change. Which I think is an important thing. This knowledge of being able to change our brain. Because it means that we're always learning. Which is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I want to talk just a wee bit about an example of this, um, because this ends up coming down to how are we building out our brain so that we can build out these habits and experiences and set up our life in a way that serves us for who we are uh, growing to be. Mm -hmm. And so, um, just very very quickly i just want to talk uh super duper fast about running everybody's favorite thing so i myself am now a runner 
Um, I, however, um, used to run way back in like 2010. I did a half marathon. Um, and as soon as that half marathon was done, though, I stopped because I had not actually built up a sustainable running habit. So <clears throat> in this, I had to actually stop and think to myself, why am I not actually building this habit? So with the running, um, when I wanted to start again in 2020, I had to do a few things. And one of them was undo a limiting belief of I'm not a runner. Even though I ran a half marathon, I still had this belief of I'm not a runner. So I did that. Then I also had to look up how am I setting up my environment? How am I starting my day? How am I even setting the goals along the way to building up a sustainable running habit? Now, I'm not going to tell you everything I did because that's a lot and it took a lot of steps and it took a lot of focus and intention in creating this. But what I want to do speak to is now over a year and a half in, I have sustainably run two to three times sometimes four when I'm super duper eager uh, to run. And why I was able to do this is because I started to understand how I can change my brain to start being very intentional with creating a habit in my mind. I didn't just want to run for a goal. I want... I had to tie the running to something deeper. And so I actually went inside and started to understand, well, how does this brain work? How can I set up my world so that running becomes a habit and not something I have to do, that it becomes something I can grow very specifically into my world. And that came down to understanding how we build habits, which comes down to understanding how are habits built in our mind? And for me, that came down to understanding what the neurons are. How, when we take in information in our environment, how are we interpreting that to support us moving towards things? So that also means at this point, then we can understand what will motivate us with the brain. So for me, I had to understand what value my running was connected to, what it served in my life. Then I had to understand where was I failing before because I hadn't set up healthy habits to sustain the running. And then I was able to set up very deliberate types of practice to be able to build running into my life. So now, because I started to understand the brain and how it fit, how it fits in my head, that, that's actually what I was going to say, but how it fits in creating the habits and how I can continue to grow these very specific neurons in my brain that reinforce the running because it serves a higher purpose for me and it has nothing to do with health or exercise but it allows me to then continue to get up each day that I need to run, not have it be this hard thing, but now it's something that serves me because it's a healthy habit, because I've taken the time to build the right neural circuit in my mind.
Mm-hmm. And that's what the neuroplasticity really did for me was go from being very sporadic in the hoping of running to being very consistent in the deliberate and intentional understanding of why I run. Mm-hmm. That was a very long-winded thing to say. That's okay. Long wind away. You're allowed to. Long wind away. I love that. This is your show too. Um, And I love that we're doing this together because you get a little bit of both sides of what each of us are doing because our journeys are very different but similar in a lot of ways. And so, and by the way, if you haven't checked it out yet, Lindsay does have a workshop called Voracious Values and we'll make sure there's links for you, but make sure you check that out if that's something you know, in the neurochange method, there's an area as well with purpose flow where it talks about values, but Lindsay's workshop will give you a little bit deeper discussion about how to discover your values and why they're important and breaking it all down. So uh, make sure if you haven't checked that out yet, it's it's every every week. And and just very quickly on that is that. um I often find that our values are so much easier to really start to articulate than our purpose. So if we're struggling in finding our purpose, which goes way back to our very first episode on understanding purpose and flow, when we understand our values, that helps to start us to move forward and take action in the things that are important in our life, which then starts to reinforce us building those neural circuits um, and, and creating those experiences in our external world so that we can live these more purpose-filled, value-driven lives. But it's understanding how the brain science supports that over and above it's a feeling. And mm-hmm. that is what I really love about this specific topic that we're talking about today is how does the neuroplasticity bring to life and really engage us in these, in our purpose, in our values, and these things that have typically been seen as a little bit softer in conversation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And see, it all ties together. That's the thing. All of yes. these different areas and what you and I do separately as well. Everything ties in together. So guys, take advantage of all this free value that you're getting because it is it is so great. I actually attended your workshop last week and it was absolutely amazing. So thank you for that. But, um, you know, in my own experience, when I look back to the, the things that I believed in myself, right? I believed mm-hmm. that I wasn't as smart as the rest of the kids because you know, when I was younger, I was very creative. Um, I loved art. And I, I'm sad that I didn't follow that path because I started putting myself into courses that I thought I should take, right? Um, science stuff. It's funny. Now I'm, I'm fascinated with science, but it's more in a how can I help people understand how the brain functions so that they can grow personally and professionally. So it's a little bit different. It's not, we're not talking biology um, because biology, I certainly did not do very well in um, (laughs) because I didn't apply myself. But the reality was, is that I wasn't a doing the things I loved, right? So I was kind of like a chore to learn. And 
I remember a good example is English. Um, now, my best friend, we're still best friends today. She and I were in the same English class. So we got kicked out a lot for talking. <laughs> I mean, how dare our teacher try and teach us while we're trying to have a conversation about... We, yeah, right? You were speaking English, though. Exactly. I was speaking English. So I remember when my teacher put down my exam, my final exam, she stopped at my desk and I'm sure other people in the class heard this because there was a little bit of a giggle after, but she looked at me and I was, I was a brat, uh, definitely. And she said, she put my exam down. She said, Tamar, if you don't pass this final exam and you are stuck in my class again next year, I'm going to make your life a living hell. And I think I needed like 53 or 54% in the fifties anyway to pass and she slammed my exam down. There's this giggle and I'm like, hmm, okay, well, I got 1% over what I needed to pass. So thank goodness I did not have to repeat her class. But that, I think part of that, and then also not applying myself in my first few months in college, but being put on academic probation because I would have rather been in the pub, all that kind of stuff. All of that gave me this deep seated belief that I wasn't smart enough to do anything academically, right? That if I wanted to become something like a counselor or some type of profession in helping other people, I wouldn't have the smarts to go back to school. And so now knowing neuroplasticity and how it works, I can see this taking place in my life because as soon as I started getting interested in personal development, I would start to have to learn to think and behave differently than I was before. Mm -hmm. And so the, my first step was I started listening to podcasts. I started taking notes. I started absorbing the information that other people just like me were sharing. So now I was actually discovering my purpose socially, right? Because there's those three different ways to discover your purpose. Um, and so I was starting to get an idea of what that might look like. And I was asked to contribute to a group of, you know, keeping people accountable. And I realized, oh, I'm good at keeping people accountable. So I started doing more of that. And the more that I did, like you said, of these habits and the more the intentional, I, like when I got really intentional about it, it started to become natural to me. And it was strange because it's like, you know, it was almost like getting sober, I was scared to death to help somebody else get sobered because I'm like, well, I'm going to kill them. Like, I can't, I can't do that. Right. And you realize after when you start working with other people and helping other people in the areas that you've experienced and struggled in, you're actually quite a natural at it because mm -hmm. you have made all those mistakes. But anyway, I remember going to an event where I met um, one of my mentors who was my health coach, who is now my podcast coach. And I met all these other podcasters and I remember sitting down for dinner. We got, I flew out, um, met out who's now a phenomenal friend of mine. We got invited to go to this, this dinner with all these keynote speakers. And I was satting, sitting, sitting, I was sitting across the table from, you know, somebody in the health and wellness area that I really admired. And, and she was a vegan and, and we were talking about our journeys and she said, Tamar, you know, what's your deal? What's your story? You're not drinking wine with us. And I said, well, I'm a retired professional. And we all laughed, ha ha ha. And she said, you know, and her and I actually got to having like a more a private conversation about that. And she said, you know what? You have a story. You have an experience that could help others. You have a voice. Why don't you share that? Mm -hmm. Right. And because of the stigma and because of all these limiting beliefs that I once had, I was always scared to do that. But 
then I started getting this belief in, well, maybe I could do something more, right? So I actually was inspired to potentially start coaching and mm -hmm. really coaching, right? I was already helping people, but in a different way. And so there again, my beliefs from hearing it from someone else, putting myself in emotional discomfort, my beliefs started to change going, maybe I could do this. Like if somebody who's doing it is telling me I can do it, okay, you know, maybe I can. And so I remember joining a mastermind. It was her mastermind. And I thought, okay, I'm in this group with all these women entrepreneurs. I want to be an entrepreneur, but I had just started my podcast. And so I remember I got asked, do you have an email opt-in? And I sat there and I was like, mm, I don't think so. And she laughed and said, okay, so we'll, don't worry, we're going to get you started, but you, you probably don't have an email opt-in if you don't know what one is. And we, we still laugh about that today. And so that's kind of where my journey started. And from that moment, I'm like, I went right out and I'm like, email opt-in. What is that? How do I create one? And I created one right away. <clears throat> and then I thought, well, I need a website. So I started creating that on my own. I figured out how to create courses, right? I started reaching out to the people that I knew as entrepreneurs. What are they doing? How can I do the same thing as them? And I actually started my business. And even though it was hard at first, through deliver, deliberate practice, right? So setting that goal mm -hmm. and going, okay, what can I do today that's just a little bit harder than yesterday? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and that's mm -hmm. what I started doing. Yep. And so now I've had people go, hey, could you help me set up my course? Could you help me set up my website? How did you do that? And I, I'm happy to take people through my back end. But I got better and better. Okay, yeah, back end. You know what I mean. Back end of my website portal. Lindsay, you're sick. That's what I love about you. Um, you if, if you're not, if you're only listening to us, Lindsay had kind of a, like a, you know, when you say duty, like <laughs> that look. <laughs> Please continue to tell us how you're going to take us through your back end. <laughs> that would be a journey all on its own. We're talking the back end of my, oh, my website, Kajabi, the back end of Kajabi. Let's just specify that. But I also learned through going through the neuroplasticity module is when we're struggling, right? And I still, every day I make a point of learning something new, but when we are struggling and we're sitting there telling ourselves, I don't think I'm getting this, that is actually the brain's way of telling us we are learning. Mm -hmm. So there's a little nugget for you is that when you're sitting there going, I don't think I can do this. I'm really having a hard time absorbing this content or this course or this workshop. Guess what? That is what your brain does when it's taking in new information. And eventually it'll just, you'll just know it. It's, you know, in recovery, we call it intuitively knowing things that used to just baffle you. Right. It's the same thing. Well, and, I think that's what, what that does is that that gives so much um, permission to not be good at something. And that removes a lot of those feelings of inadequacy. And I don't know how to do this. And circling back to, I, this is so frustrating. I don't know how to do this yet. 
as we learned way back in mindset. Mm -hmm. And so I think when we combine that idea of this beautiful, deliberate practice of always setting just a slightly harder goal that stretches us to push our skills and our our, our patience um, versus always doing the same thing over and over, which is okay, but it doesn't actually push us to grow or learn. And I take that to my running very specifically. And, you know, I very intentionally do fartlick days um, <laughs> because I'm five and the, 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 it makes me giggle the word. But what that is, is speed training. Mm. So I very intentionally do the hard thing of I want to uh, see if I can improve my speed. I deliberately practice my speed work. Whereas on my Sunday runs, which are my long runs, I just enjoy and I get into my flow. So I'm just relaxed. I'm experiencing. I know what I'm doing. I'm not practicing anything there. And I think that you, what that does is when we understand, well, I am deliberately practicing this and therefore it is going to be hard and I'm not going to get it at first but I'm going to be, and you accept that there's going to come all this rush of frustration and emotion that comes as we're learning new things, which we talk about in the emotional intelligence episode. We give ourselves that permission to be able to do the hard things, to be able to push through and understand this is what my brain is doing. I am frustrated now, but that's my brain saying I'm frustrated and I just need to continue to focus or maybe tweak it a little bit more, continue to be very deliberate in my practice. And as we beautifully learned, practice makes permanent. Mm -hmm. Not practice makes perfect because there's no gosh darn thing as perfect, but Mm -hmm. practice makes permanent. And I think it's safe to say, at least uh, since you and I have uh, connected and gone through our worlds together, that I would absolutely say that your practice in email opt-ins, in creating landing pages, in all of this, like uh, to me, I see you just flow with it. Mm-hmm. And it comes so naturally because as you beautifully explained, you did the deliberate practice. You grew those brain neurons that you needed to do in those trees and the circuits and the firings and the synapses. And these are all the words that we go through, right? But that's what you did. And so now it's, it flows for you. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that you beautifully highlight that this practice makes permanent. Thank you. And Thank yeah, you. And, and, and in doing that, there's that compassion piece as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, you know, one of the other examples was writing my book. So we're going to give you mm. an actionable um, step here. And if Lindsay, after this, if you could go into deliberate practice a little bit more and how people could implement that. So mm-hmm. um, basically there are five areas to help with neuroplasticity, right? You can do obviously a lot more, but these are the key areas. And I'm gonna use the example um, when I wrote my book. So I gave you the example of my English teacher threatening me, very threatening me. She's no longer with us, but yeah, she was a she was a bulldog, that's for sure. Um, basically, you know, that I was gonna fail and be in her class the following year. And And have a life of hell. Exactly. Exactly. That didn't happen. Thank goodness. I'm still alive today and I did not have to retake English 12. But also 
writing my book and this is what I want to go through while I'm talking about seeds. So write this down S E E D S. And what that means is sleep, exercise, education, so learning, diet and stress. Okay? So when I decided to write my first two my first book. So it was a story on my journey through addiction, how I went into recovery. It was, I knew it was going to be emotional. I knew that if I wanted to get it done, because I was still working my corporate job at the time, that I, and this is before I even knew about neuroplasticity, because in personal development, a lot of us already know this stuff. Mm -hmm. We just need help implementing it. That's why I have two coaches, right? I am not afraid to invest in my personal development, even though I knew this stuff. So sleep. I prioritized my sleep above anything else. I knew that if I was going to get a book done in 14 weeks, because I joined a program to learn how to edit my book, you know, format the book um, and make it an Amazon bestseller. But I knew that if I didn't get sleep, I wouldn't be able to focus. The words would not come to me, right? Because it was a very emotional experience. I went to my counselor many times during it because I had to relive a lot of what I went through. So sleep was the priority. I went to bed early because I knew that with my corporate job, I would have to start working at a certain point. So I was getting up at 3, 3.30 a.m., which meant I was get going to bed at about 7 to, 7 to 8 p.m. every single night. No, like hard cut off. That was it. Um, exercise. I had to make sure I was keeping active, right? So I had the resistant bands. I made sure that I would step away and go for walks because I can get very focused and in the flow, but also mm -hmm. certain areas become unbalanced. So mm -hmm. that was the second thing I prioritized. Education, right? All throughout this, I had no idea how to write a book, right? Because I didn't look at myself as, as an author or even a writer. So I had to learn. I had to go and watch YouTube videos. I had to learn how to create an outline. I took that course. I joined a support group, right? So I made sure that every day I educated myself on something that had to do with writing your story or writing a book in general. Diet, that is a really important one, right? When you're not eating foods that nourish your brain, and I don't, as you know, my recent part of my journey is to go completely off the diet and feed my body when it wants food, I eat what I want, and that means eating things that I know are gonna give me a clear mind. So that's <laughs> important, right? To feed your brain, basically, it gives you energy. And then stress, that was such a big one, and that was really difficult to manage while I was still working a corporate job, but adding mindfulness practices to my routine, right? Waking up and doing my meditation, going to bed and doing my meditation, stepping away during the day if I needed to, mm -hmm. but really minim like minimalizing. Is that a word? Minimalizing? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. Minimalizing yeah. my stress, getting rid of it. Like I yeah. have to focus on that. Yeah. So today, whenever I set a goal, I think of seeds right? Am I getting enough sleep, exercise, education, diet, and stress? And if you can create one habit yes. every single day that meets that those areas, mm -hmm. right? And we're not talking you're going to take on a whole brand new routine because this is very easy. Education could be reading a book. Yes. Diet yeah. could be getting a cucumber in or something like that. Drinking lots of water, 
you know, don't, you know, she's still thinking about the whole back end thing. So, Lindsay, I'm sorry, you said get in a cucumber in. Like, I, this is, <laughs> this is your fault, my friend. Body transformation. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying. So, yes, yes. with the seeds, it's just important to do one thing, you know, start today. What is something you can do to implement in all these areas? And just jot it down when you journal, right? How much sleep did you get? All mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So, Lindsay, can you kind of wrap us up with deliberate practice and what that looks like? Absolutely. I just said that very loudly. And, <laughs> and, and it's what I also want to say very quickly with regards to seeds is it's all baby steps. Mm -hmm. So we're not asking you to take things away. It's what can you add to your sleep schedule? So for instance, can you go to bed 10 minutes earlier, not mm -hmm. hours earlier, not, oh my gosh, you're going from four hours to all of a sudden you're going to eight. You're, that's not going to work. It's, can you go from four hours to four hours and 10 minutes, four hours and or like, can you start to add little baby steps? And that then helps to support this deliberate practice. And so what deliberate practice is, is exactly that. It's practice that you do deliberately. Let's talk about that a bit. So it, what this is, is say for instance, you are learning to paint. Well, that's great. There's all these different aspects of painting though. So say you want to improve your uh, shading ability. What you then do is you set this goal of, I want to improve my shading ability within a very short 30, 60 minute time frame. So you're very intentional with the practice that you're about to do. You have a time frame on it. It's very intentional and you know what you're doing in this hour. So exactly as I just said, I'm going to work on my shading right here. So I'm giving myself a focus. As I start to do this focus within this time, I'm being very effortful. I'm putting a lot of effort into understanding how do I do the shading? Where do I need to improve? Being very critical almost and taking a step back so I can look at, well, what did I do well? What could I have improved on? Getting the feedback that I need on this very specific skill to improve it. And as that happens, as I continue to improve, as I continue to uh, incorporate the feedback into this deliberate practice, the shading or whatever skill you're working on becomes easier. It becomes a lot less effortful. So it's effortless. Beautiful. And once that happens, once I'm like, oh my goodness, look at me and my brilliant shading. It's fantastic. Oh, this deliberate practice was great. I then make a decision as to whether or not I can continue to focus on this skill or work this into my deeper practice of painting. Mm -hmm. And so this is beautifully understood by the acronym FEED. So we got to, we, we got to, so within our deliberate practice, we have to have a very clear focus. We have to put a very in, intentional effort into what we're doing. And as this effort in our deliberate practice becomes easier and we work through the patience and the frustration that comes with it, it becomes less effortful, becoming effortless. So 
uh, flow, effort, effortless. And then once we're there, we decide, decide, feed. We decide if we're going to continue going forward with it and incorporate it. And so as this happens, as we do more and more deliberate practice, more and more of these deliberate practice skills go into our flow. They reinforce um, those neurons that we need to have in place to be able to bring something from a practice into a flow state. And so it's understanding, and this comes from Angela Duckworth's uh, understanding of the difference between being deliberate practice and when you're in a performance or flow state. Mm -hmm. um, and, and that's a little bit about deliberate practice. It's genius. I love it. And so, so we got to, you got to feed your seeds and, uh, <laughs> yeah. And, and it becomes a lot easier, but in that you then know exactly what's going on up here. So you know what you need to focus on, you know, what effort needs to go in and you're not just willy nilly, willy nillying, willy nillying. Yeah. Growing random neurons that have no impact on where you want to deliberately go. Mm -hmm. Well said. And, you know, as we dive into the program, because of course we're just kind of sharing our experience, giving you guys some actionable items that you can use, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, we dive more into like, what does the brain look like? What are the different parts of the brain? What do they do? How do they change? And you know, how can you change them regularly so that you don't slip back into old ways? Because the reality is, is now that we know we can change the brain, we can always change it to revert back as well, mm -hmm. right? <clears throat> when we don't continue to do things like deliberate, deliberate practice and feeding our brain, we start to lose our memory. We start to lose these skills that we once knew how to do. And, you know, because our, you know, synapses, they, sh they shrink again, right? Mm -hmm. the, when we talk about this more in the program, but we do, when we're learning, we're growing it. It's always growing. There's new neurons developing. Our, just think about it. Our brains are blossoming. It's springtime all the time. Your brains are just blossoming. Well, if you don't water the flowers, they're going to die, right? Mm -hmm. Get smaller. Um, and obviously neuroplasticity does lessen or it's slower to develop when you're older. So that's why it's really important. I think that's just extra motivation for us to learn something new every day, whether that's reading a book about your favorite topic, like you can keep it that simple, but yeah. make sure you're doing one thing a day to water that brain. Yeah, the flowers yeah. don't die; it blossoms. Yeah, right. that's a that's a great point. I love that. I love that so much, and I love that that's the example you used as um, my friend. As when we when we passed our certification and uh, our our for, for becoming neuro neuro change method practitioners, she sent me a vase with a face with flowers coming out and she's like, and that's the symbol that you are growing your brain. And so that's exactly it is you're doing this beautiful thing to grow your brain, but you're also um, doing this thing is that by understanding neuroplasticity, by engaging in intentional learning, you're so you're, 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 you'll slow the brain's aging process and you're creating greater cognitive reserve for you to pull on as you age. Now it's never too late to start, mm -hmm. 
So start now. Yeah. Um, but knowing this, the knowing this earlier supports that as we age. Yeah. Absolutely. And so if you are interested in learning more, this, I don't know about you, but I know that this program, just going through it has absolutely changed the way I look at things. Um, it made me, you know, contemplate life and what I'm doing and the direction that I'm going in. And the great part is there's so much stuff out there right now. And this is where I start to get overwhelmed in the personal development inter- industry. There's a lot of courses out there that are, that are great, but it just causes you to take another course and take another course and take another course and not actually implement any of the things that you've learned. Yeah. And so I, you know, I know a lot of people that it's like free challenge after free challenge after free challenge. I'm going to join this course, this course, this course. But what are you actually doing taking what you know because the reality is is everybody knows what to do and how to do it but we just don't do it because we're looking for that next biggest thing and Mm -hmm. i think that is something that i got out of the neuro change method was that it was already taking everything that we had in this brain and sorting it out and realizing what's important what's not what am I going to do to actually get to where I want to go? Right. Yeah. Because I, I feel like, I don't know about you, but there's times where I have spent my wheels because I'm focusing on all these other things. So I think, you know, and, and tell me if you disagree, but when we take people through this program, that is the experience we want them to have where now they've got a brain full of stuff. We're going to help you sort it out. We're going to help yeah. you discover a clearer direction. We're going to help you get rid of the stuff that's been holding you back and truly understand how to make permanent change. Yes, yes. And and that's exactly that's exactly what I love about this course is that it's not here's concepts and theories, it's here's everything and now you need to put it into action. Mm-hmm. And that for me I think is the biggest thing that is so unique in that exactly as you said it's about taking all the information that we've learned and understanding how to bring it to life in our lives for us. Yeah. And it's different for everybody. But what this does then is to use that old adage is that blah, 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 adage is we were the horses who were brought to water and we were taught to drink. Right? Like we were led to the water. Now we know this is the drinking portion. So we're drinking the water. That sounds weird. <laughs> but but that's that well, yeah. I mean, or you teach a man to fish. Yeah. give a man that type idea is yeah this is how can you take this in every area of your life going forward mm-hmm. and it's it's tied to those deeper ideas mm-hmm. with the science absolutely so we're gonna keep going with stuff like this because i know that we've had a lot of fun i mean i hope you've had fun Lindsay. i've had fun Okay, good. Um, And, you know, we've already discussed taking this much, much further and having more in-depth conversations as we go through it. And you never know, we may be interviewing, you know, people who have gone through the program that we take through the program so they can actually share their experience as well. You and I are both going through this 90-day challenge, which is awesome, Mm -hmm. which is something else that we're going to be taking clients through. So if you want to learn more about how to be a part of this, we are starting a group very soon here. And um, if you missed it, that's okay. We're going to keep doing it so you can put yourself on the wait list and we'll contact you as soon as space opens. But you can go to www.tamar, which is spelled, it's not Tamara, T-A-M-A-R, 
and Lindsay, L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, goneuro.com. It's super easy. We're also, if you're watching video, you can see it on the bottom. It's scrolling across the video and we're going to have it in the show notes. So um, we will be doing another one of these very soon. So make sure you stay tuned, um, you know, get involved, take Lindsay's workshop. There's so much free value here that you can help literally take you from where you are today to where it is you want to go. And we look forward to continuing on this journey. Mm-hmm. Bye everyone. Bye all. You know, recording this mini series has been so amazing. It just reminds me, you know, why I love this platform of podcasting so much because Lindsay and I actually connected to someone I met uh, previously and had interviewed on the podcast. And so, you know, we had this in common. Uh, we went through the program together as master practitioners. And it's just been such a fun experience, especially because we've been able to keep each other accountable going through everything. And, you know, um, obviously neuroplasticity was something that was very new to me. I had never really been into the sciences. And of course, being in recovery, I have started getting a lot more curious about the science of addiction and why we become addicted. And as we dove further into the neuroplasticity modules, I actually learned about the pleasure centers of the brain and when we get that dopamine hit and when the cravings start. So it made much, much more sense from a scientific point of view. So why not use that type of research and those kind of concepts to help improve all these areas, including addiction in the brain? So pretty cool stuff, super fun. This will not be the last you hear of us together because we have so much more going on. Of course, if you want to learn more, you can head on over to our new website, which is tamarandlindsaygoneuro.com. All the contact information is there. You can reach out to us if you're interested in learning more. And of course, Thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Road Beyond Recovery podcast. I love doing these. And if you haven't already, make sure you sign up for our next Collaboration Zone Zoom party call. These are so much fun. I'll be also talking about different things um, like mindset, beliefs, you know, how you can overcome imposter syndrome, that kind of stuff. So make sure you join us. This is also a great way for you to network with like-minded individuals, entrepreneurs, basically to help you scale your business and get other suggestions from people who maybe have done something that you're trying to implement. So come join us. You can head on over to the website at www.theroadforward.ca slash collaboration zone. Of course, like always, there's a link in the show notes and I'll see you on the next episode. Thanks for listening to another episode of the road beyond recovery. Did you know that our dreams can become a reality when you determine your purpose in life and you allow that purpose to guide you? Anything is possible. It just takes action. Don't wait until you're ready. Start to create the life you were truly meant to live right now. I am super passionate about my mission to help people live up to their true potential. So if you want to learn more, check out my website at www.theroadforward.ca. And until next week, keep exploring what lies beyond recovery for you.